You're listening to The Outer Timers, and now here are your hosts, Chief and Ben. Hey guys, it's The Outer Timers, episode 8. It's me, Ben, I'm with my buddy... Wham bam, thank you ma'am, the chief dog's in his house. Big bad chief, how the heck are you? It's wild out there, chief. Uh, When this pod lands, draw back the curtains, we're about uh, 12 days... Uh, ahead in the future or in your past our present some kind of time traveling space-time continuum stuff going on because i lose track of time but when this comes out the world is going to be a different landscape i'm telling yeah. you that for sure bars on the window i tell you interesting i'm going to pick up on this right now i took the kid to well me and the missus took the kid to the hospital on sunday because she had a problem she was saying she was chewing but she couldn't swallow so liquid's going down fine but she had a sausage in a bun could not swallow so we were like right we got a call 111, which is the kind of um, home doctor service. They said, took all the relevant stats. They said, we'll give you a doctor callback. Doctor called back at 8.30, said, you need to get to A&E. So 9 a.m., trotted up to the A&E at the local hospital. Right. Um, got triaged by a nurse. She said, don't worry, there's only one person ahead of you. We were in that waiting room three hours because all oh. other kids came in and they were designated high priority. But around 11.30, in comes a couple with a young kid coughing, no hand over the mouth. Uh, oh. Improve that parenting skill there, please. Um, they got seen straight away and they got rushed through the doors. And my missus was kind of ear up to the door. The word coronavirus was mentioned. The words, we've just travelled back from mainland China yesterday were mentioned. Got put into a bay, screened off. Um, lots of doctors Has rushing, suits. lots of doctors rushing round, and I'm like holy tortilla chips I am now been sat in a room with a person who's probably got coronavirus I am now a carrier so is the rest of my family uh, eventually we got seen came home the following day BBC News uh, the fifth uh, case in the UK of someone dying and it happened at uh, St Helier Hospital which happened to be the hospital I was at the day before jeez chief yeah, yeah but your immune system is badass Oh, mate, I get ill, but I never get dead. Well, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> how have you been, my friend? Yeah, I'm all right, dude. I'm, I can't lie, I'm a little bit rattled by the old corona thing. I'm trying not to get too carried away, but it's just... Um... Uh, COVID-19, I think it's officially now called, isn't it? Oh, okay, fair enough. I yeah. think the beer company had a bit of a shakedown with them and said, we can't be calling this the coronavirus, we're not selling any. Yeah, I certainly won't be chilling out on the beach with a corona and lime. No. In, in the summer. If we make it to the summer, Chief. Yeah, that's it. Just out of interest, uh, again, this will be two weeks old news by the time this lands, but uh, third day of Cheltenham Racing Festival, which went ahead, and there was a horse running today called Kansas City Chief. So the Chief had two quid each way at 80 to 1. That bad boy came sixth, and I bet with Skybet, and they were paying out on the first six places. So Chief Dog uh, wrapped up 40 quid profit there. Nice. How's how's it gone with your uh, sweepstake at work? Sweepstake at work. Uh, I was leading after day one. I was up in the mix after day two. And in day three, I think I'm down in about sort of sixth or seventh place out of 51. Top four are getting paid. Some some scumbag nailed a 50 to one winner today, uh, which catapulted him up there. So, so and when's it when's it all over? One more day tomorrow, uh, which will be two weeks in the past when this comes out. But um, Oh, man, we for. are current. Yeah. <laughs> we are so contemporary. We're drawing but we back are the curtain. The out- but we're called the Outer Timers, so I think it's yeah, living apt. up to the rep. Yeah, <laughs> for reals. Yeah. Also, you keep saying on the description of this because Chief does the copy for the show, guys. Yeah. And you keep saying that we're we're a pop culture podcast, and I'm like, 
I don't know if we are. I thought, did I not change it to a retro culture podcast? I think sometimes I go in and do that for you. I think what I'm doing is I'm copy and pasting from an old description. Pre, if someone's tuning pre your, in. Pre your editing. I think if someone's tuning in and they're looking for some nice nuggets of the sort of contemporary culture, they might <laughs> be in for a shock. They're not but hang it. on, these guys are talking about Alien 3. <laughs> i tell you what, last week's episode was Alien Heavy. Oh, that was a good ep. Sega yeah. Rally. By the way, I still don't have a Sega Saturn because I deem £100 to be a little bit rich. Okay. I think... What would you pay for a Sega Saturn in a 2020... Uh, Marketplace. Yeah. My head tells me something in the region of 40 to 50. But Well, may- maybe I should just go, go out looting in the current <laughs> landscape. <laughs> I'm worried that this, uh, this climate is going to end up like that movie The Purge where people get 24 hours to commit any crime they want. Well, you know what my crime would be? I'd be... <laughs> Sega Saturn. Saturn, yeah. <laughs> Suspect number one. <laughs> yeah, so what are you saying? You'd pay 40 quid? Well, no, I'm, I don't know. I think in you'd, struggle my head, to find, you'd struggle to find one for 40 quid, no, That's Chief. fine, that's fine. But in my head, I'm thinking 40 to 50. But if that's not the current market value, then you go with what the market value... How bad do you want to play Sega Rally? Well, wanna... for a man that's sitting on two Sega Saturns, I'm kind of surprised you haven't popped one in the post. I, no, I, I tell you what. No, that's a fair shout. I'm going to post it to you. <laughs> I'm going to post it to you. Okay. I don't need two Saturns. I tell Chief. you what. Yeah. Firstly, explain to the listeners why you do have two Saturns. I don't know if I explained it last week, but my first, yeah, I'm, I'm ashamed that I haven't, uh, that I had to get you to actually nudge me in that regard to send it to you. But I am, no, seriously, I'm going to send it to you. Um, Mate, I'll, I'll give you, a, I'll give you something for that. Hit me, well, postage, just give me postage, it's fine. Uh, well, uh, well, until you told me they go for about a hundred quid, now I'm not so sure. But um, Mate, anyway, don't I sneeze had, on I, the package. I had a, I had a Saturn one, and oh no, you did explain this. And it, it was because the memory wasn't saving. Uh, the, so I thought it was the internal memory had gone. So I bought a Sega Saturn 2, but I'm finding the same problem. So Well, as soon as I get a Saturn, I'm going to be playing a lot of Sega Rally. And we're That's probably all our times. play. We'll be posting times, and we want the listeners That's out what there I want to, do. to also post their times literally on desert and tell us what your setup of your car is. Are you, are you a Celica man? Are you a Delta man? What's your suspension, now, your handling, etc. Give us all the loadout and your times, and we'll compare. We'll put up a chart. Now, you've taken your foot off the gas with the films, I've noticed. In terms of letterbox, yes, I have slacked off a little bit. I think you've just gone to a normal level, as have I. Yeah, well, I got to close the gap to within one of you at one point, and then I got it to, I think, four, but it's stabilised at around three or four. Yes, it has. So let's go. I think we did yours first last week, so let's do mine first. So then coming into this week, uh, Superman 3... Because I said I suggested to you, is this an unappreciated sequel we can use for the show? And then after watching it, I was like, no, we cannot. Because I gave that two, two stars. That is a not not great. The Richard Pryor bits are, are the highlights. But outside of that, it's a strange one. The evil Superman kind of perving on uh, Lana Lang, I thought was quite good and interesting. But outside of that, there's not much to love. Is this the one where at the end, yep. they're in some kind of... Canyon. Yeah, they've gone and to the Grand Canyon. Really... Okay, okay, then this is true because this scared me so much as a kid. Where where the woman, the lady, gets trapped. Yeah. yeah, that freaked me out, Chief. I think we watched this movie quite a bit as kids. I think it was the one that did the rounds on TV a lot. Yeah, 
Does he get drunk in a bar in this one? He does, yeah, yeah. I mean, those scenes are actually good. You know, there is there are some high spots in this oh, movie. Oh, but... when she becomes... That's so horrible. Yeah. And Robert what Vaughan, else? Robert Vaughan as the villain is is, is is classic. He's playing it up, hamming it up, and it's good. But um, anyway, moving on. Uh, then I, I carried on the Aliens Fest, and I went uh, Aliens vs. Predator. AVP! Which I, which I gave two and a half, which, as we all Did know... Did you first give that three and then downgrade it? Mm, not, maybe yeah i think i did i think because yeah, I, I saw a three and almost <laughs> rung you at a I think ridiculous I did. time in but the it's, evening it's not for, look for chief dog five out of ten is not a bad movie uh yeah effectively i know look it's two and a half out of five which is effectively five out of ten for people who don't understand the two and a half uh, out of five if they're more comfortable <laughs> with that a ten uh but two and a half is not a bad movie for me then we go on to bumblebee two and a half hmm. i don't understand the love for this movie John Cena well, is there awful isn't. and drags this movie down badly. All the scenes with the girl and Bumblebee are great. Chief, you just said Every- two and a half ain't a bad. <laughs> Everything else is junk. You know what I'm saying? All the scenes yeah. with B and the girl are good. All right, okay, okay, okay. You said your piece. Now, uh, I'll push back a little bit on that. Yep. Interestingly enough, not everyone likes that movie. What, okay, what's, right. what's I thought the, it was universally um, loved. No, the interesting thing about that is the disparity on the Rotten Tomato score. So it's got like a 90 five from critics yep critics really liked it and then no one saw it no one went to the cinema and saw it it's got a much lower audience rating i think the problem they had with it maybe they should have actually put transformers in the title yes but, um, yeah i agree with that. I, I get really good vibes off of that film and I, and you can tell that the director is an 80s kid and has a, he really loves the yeah the soundtrack's fantastic soundtrack's good fantastic. soundtrack but you you're right where um, Cena is just not quite up to scratch with the old acting, is he? No. Very and, unfunny bit at the beginning with his, the um, I'm led to believe, pellet gun. Yeah, I'm just led to believe he's... From the first half of the movie, you're kind of led to believe he's a good guy, kind of. But then he's actually a bad guy I thought the his last, acting until was, the last five minutes. And he's a good guy again. It's just weird arc. I never thought he was a bad, bad guy. What I thought yeah, he's was... Always saying excuse the language you'll beat that out maybe he's always saying swearing like a docker he's always saying bumblebee uh, to his troops nail him nail him nail him don't let him escape always trying to kill bumblebee Mm, okay yeah well okay fair enough but i I also think that he doesn't act 80s enough it just feels like a very contemporary chap to me okay whereas i thought the rest of the aesthetics were really good yep um, um m- moving on uh we had another suggestion between me and you about a unappreciated sequel and this is the sequel to R- romancing the stone which we're we both at the barrel liked. here aren't we uh the jewel of the nile i give it two and i haven't seen it for a long time so what's oh you okay, didn't but so... you didn't oh did you did a rewatch though didn't you or not no not after that oh i see you you're... just said you just basically chief text me and said we cannot we cannot okay. include this film okay Yep. So I, I thought, well, okay, because if I was going to watch it, I had to rent it, I think, Chief, for right, £3.50. Yes, which I did on Amazon uh, Amazon Prime, £3.49. Okay, £4. tell me about it, just quickly, out of interest. It doesn't ha- really have any of the charm of the first one. Right. Um, Danny DeVito kind of steals every scene, and he's Wrapped the only good thing role. in it. Yeah, it's just a nothing movie. It's just a nothing movie. It's Yeah. Uh, then we, I moved on to Beverly Hills Cop 2, which we will discuss. I gave five stars. We will discuss that uh, in more depth later on. Woo. And then I watched Sorry to Bother You. I've never seen that. That I was g- big a few years ago, was I it? Gave 2018, I gave two stars. It's junk. Oh, what is it's, it? A comic? I really don't know anything about it. It's really weird. It's about this guy, uh, this black guy. He goes into telemarketing and he's told to use his white voice. 
That sounds a bit like the Black Klansman scene. The only, yeah, yeah, it kind of is. Black Klansman's miles better than this. And also, when he does it, it's for comedy. And the only kind of, the, the funny, for me, the funniest scenes of black people doing white voices are Eddie Murphy in Delirious and Raw, and, Richard, and he stole that from Richard Pryor when Richard Pryor's doing stand-up. But this... Oh, I didn't know that. This is just, doesn't work. Then you get a weird twist, uh, spoiler alert, where there's kind of horse people... And it's just, what? it's just does, it's just junk. It just okay. doesn't work on any level at and what all. And well, what did you give it? I gave it two. So okay, that two. probably is overmarking it. Then I watched Blade Runner, which I gave two stars. Wait, what? What? This is news to me. When watched, did you watch that? Watched it today on the commute. Man, uh, I have, on a oh, commute on a small screen. Which one? I, the original. Uh, director's cut. I've only, well, I don't know, because I've only ever seen Blade Runner one time prior to this. I was in such a buoyant mood then. What? I don't know. Oh, it's, Christ. What? It's so boring. It's to so be fair, boring. To be fair, not everyone does, like, there are lots of people that don't like that film, and well, have you seen it before, Chief? I, I said I've seen it once before. I mean, and, it's and probably two, isn't two, really your sort of film, is no, it? No, two stars means I'm never going to watch a film again, so I'm never going to watch that film again. There's no reason for me to watch it. If I want a dystopian future <sighs> film, I'll watch Escape from New York. If I want sci-fi, I'll watch Star Wars. If I want you... a futuristic film, I'll watch Terminator Aliens. Jeez, man. W- would you watch um, 2049? There's a good I question. I think you have done. You didn't no, like I've it. never seen it. Never seen it. Three-hour t- three runtime put me off. The first 20 minutes... I this, think the I first, prefer... The, the first 20, 25 minutes of this film were quite interesting, I thought. And then it just descends into pretty much no dialogue, and it's just really boring and... Yeah, it is one of those films that you either think is an absolute masterpiece or you're just not into it at all and it's not for you. It doesn't sound like it's for you. I, I really love that film. Okay. I'm a visual guy. I just yeah. do like how Ridley Scott made that film. I really loved the sequel. Yeah. Um, and I know that got... No one saw that. Okay. But I feel very lucky to have had that sequel. Anyway, that, put me on, that puts me on 51 for the year. Uh, let's look at your ones. So going from the... Uh, okay, so I took your advice and I thought, all right, yep. I'll do Alien Resurrection yep. because... Um, so, and this version that I watched, I think I'm used to watching the one that you saw where it starts with a fly on the windshield or okay. something. Yeah, I watched the director's... Which, cut, which right. I read was actually shot like a couple of years later. Okay. For that release so it's like additional footage Uh, i just don't i just don't like that film for me it's just really average i don't think the director is trying to do anything new or different it it feels very separate from those first three okay it feels quite like sort of big hollywood type you know the the aliens are more like monsters in it which i really didn't like yeah but um, you're putting it on the same rating as 13 hours the secret soldiers of benghazi i don't think I ever, ever, ever need to watch that film again. Okay, right. So then I watched The Royal Tenenbaums, which is a little bit random, but Emma is always talking about Accidentally Wes Anderson, which is this Instagram account where if you're out and you see something that's like really Wes Anderson-y in terms of like the composition or the the pastel colours. And I was like, oh, I love that guy. I'll watch one of his films. And The Royal Tenenbaums, I really love that film. I think you would like that film. I've seen it. I've seen it once. I like Wes like, Anderson. Cause... I think my favourite Wes Anderson movies are probably, I mean, Life Aquatic is an easy choice. I think. Um, I'm a yeah, big, but I actually big think fan of Grand, this... Grand Budapest Hotel might be my favourite. Yeah, very funny, Grand yeah. Budapest. 
Uh, I just really like Gene Hackman in the Royal Tenenbaums. He's, yeah. he's great. Uh, then, this is... I don't know. This why, is a bizarre I... choice. What were you doing here? Tom Cruise? I, yeah, but who writes the therm? It's a uh, famous author. Is yeah. it John Grisham? Yes, it is. John Grisham. Anyway, I think I wanted to watch A Few Good Men. Okay. Because I heard someone say you can't handle the truth or something. And I was okay. like, oh, yeah, that's from that film. I watched yeah. that. Couldn't find it. Found this. Um, <laughs> it's so dull, Chief. Well, have this you seen is, it? I have seen it. This is Tom Cruise. Gets Chief, into it's, two, some, it's like two hours, 40 minutes. He gets into some kind of lawyer firm, but they're shady. Is that right? Yeah, he he's a really like he's a top graduate and all of these big firms are after him from like New York and stuff. And then there's this really small firm that offer him insane money. Yeah. They're dodgy, yeah, but okay. oh my god, it's like literally, it's like watching paint dry. If you had to watch Alien Resurrection or The Firm again, which you gave both one and a half, Alien one. Resurrection, okay, fine. Right. jeez. Um, then you moved on to The Social Network. Yeah, that's right. I really like the screenwriter Aaron Sorkin. I think I mentioned him before. He wrote, uh, what did he write? Um, what's the Charlie Wilson's War? All oh, right, yeah. He, he wrote that. So he's got very unique dialogue, very fast. You really have to be concentrating. And the social network, I did. Then I did Steve Jobs. And then I did Moneyball. Well, you so gave he, Steve Jobs five stars. I'm kind of obsessed with that film. I've never seen it. I think it's amazing. I could watch it over and over what again. Is it, a documentary? Just, no. It's, um, All right. Who, it's, plays, who plays Steve Jobs? Uh, it's... Oh, come on, Chief. What's the guy? Fassbender. Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. And it's directed by Danny Boyle dude you should watch it might not be for you but effectively it's it's three scenes right. or three event launches throughout a few decades okay and it's just these swells of this like dialogue and this sort of music and it just builds and it's really amazing right and then Moneyball which I also love I can just watch that film over and over and I don't really know anything about baseball okay it's yeah. just it's just really well acted. Brad Pitt is brilliant in it. Yeah. Um, Billy Bean. It's something that I didn't know anything about, and I've sort of researched since, and it's interesting. Yeah, definitely. Are they still are they still doing it? Yeah, Does anyone so. do the Moneyball thing? Yeah, yeah. Analytics is now the buzzword. You know, I, I listen to. Pod- do you like that movie? Yeah, I've seen it once. I did like it. I, I might give it another go. But yeah, analytics and and studying of statistics um, is is still now much more considered you know alongside just watching people play to, right to, okay to gauge talent but so that puts you on 55 so the gap is four still there you go we're yeah. well ahead of the schedule to do 200 we're going to break that easily and now it's just a, a head-to-head battle <sighs> right what next chief battlefront last friday you we said right cool let's um let's get some gaming on the go let's move over to battlefront 2 so I had downloaded. It's going to be a big night. I had purchased Battlefront 2 and been playing the solo campaign, as I mentioned on this podcast, really enjoying it. And then there was a big, uh, there was an update required for the game. So I said, all right, I'll update this update, you know, this this patch or whatever, uh, and install it. And it took about four hours to actually download yeah, and install this gig-inch. patch. So in in the meantime, well, I said while it's downloading, uh, we're going to have to go onto Battlefront One. And much to your uh, chagrin much to your you know unwant we ended up playing battlefront and we had a few good games where you know we were playing well uh, and then we came across a guy called uh saquon 24 7 that's it that's him 
and some kind of ni- some sort of fast moving ninja. And this guy, you never seen anything like it. He was in one game. This is in a whatever we were on a, a small map, six players aside. He was twenty seven kills, zero deaths, and. He was, like you said, he was twitching and moving in ways that a man shouldn't be twitching and moving. It was like someone of a horror movie. He's like doing the jerky movement and moving twice as fast as everyone else and pulling all kinds of scams. Sent him the hacker reported message. Uh, unfortunately, he did not get a reply. And well, no, then, cause that's because he's a robot. Yeah, he ended up th- in that game. He ended up 37 and 7. So he did have some deaths. Uh, and then we came across another guy who, unfortunately, his name escapes me at this time, but he ended up. 42 and 1 in terms of kill death ratio and this guy was doing it all shield you know jetpack sniper jetpack sniper in hit him with a shot grenade and he literally you have to mash the square button to get out of it but he was getting out of it in like half a second headshots weren't killing him he was killing me with a scout pistol from like 100 meters away it was yeah. it was malarkey so it was, you've never so seen it was before. rotten in denmark with that guy yeah. for sure sent him a hacker reported message and he sent back something like who me question mark i was like who, yeah who, who you else do you think who else do you think yeah daddy you're the goddamn hacker yeah correct so, God, that, so, I, I settled in for a nice evening poured a gin I was like right we're going to play Battlefront 2 this yeah. is going to be nice this is going to be new for Chief I thought now this is you know I was expecting you not to be into it and I was like okay I'm going to calm him down yeah. and what happens we end up just playing Battlefront 1 Hacker Reported Hacker Reported and um, it was a big sesh that was it was a big sesh and I, I think Apart from that, those two games, we, we came out of it okay, but the, that left a sour taste in the mouth. And It did. In, in other news, how are you doing on Flashback, the never-ending segment of catching up on Flashback? How are you doing? Ah, you're talking about retro gaming. Yeah, I sure am. Retro. Replay. It's time to game. It's time to play. Fire up the console with no delay. Man, that's tough, you'll hear us say. It's Chief and Ben with Retro Replay. Replay, replay, replay. I'm pleased to say I have completed Flashback. I have replayed it, done it. There is a little funny story, though. So I was on the last level. You've got to plant a bomb, an explosive. Okay. And then you've got to run back, get to the lift, and off you go. Did it, get into the lift, it goes to the cutscene. I'm like, yes, I've finished it. And I should have been taking in the story. And I was like, okay, this seems to have been going on for a while. And I started, you know, mashing the buttons, like you said I used to, impatient. And I skipped the ending and it just went back to the start screen so you don't know what the actual end so i don't know what the ending is but to be honest with you by that point in the game i didn't know what was going on with the story i can't help you because i managed to get off of level one onto level two this is playing on the snes this i mean i know originally you said they build these games with a hard first level but then they ease you in i'm not sure that's the case because i struggled with level two as well and couldn't do it and you said look just I messaged you and you said, look, just watch the video of the walkthrough so at least you know how it finishes. And I couldn't even do that. Yeah, so, that's a dry 90 minutes. So so I Watching will do that, some, though, because I do, I do want to know the story. So I am actually going to do that. How was your overall experience playing it on this switch mode where you do get the rewind capability? So death is not really as a hindrance as it is for me. It's the only way to do it. We don't know. I haven't got time to be messing around with that, Chief. But the experience I think this... was good? The overall gaming experience yeah. was good? The experience was good, but what I'm saying is I don't think it would have been good if I was doing it on the Mega Drive. No. That would have been brutal. Yeah. No, but I really enjoyed the game. Really good game. What are we going to move on to? Because I I really want to keep doing this. Yeah, so we toyed with the idea of Road Rash 2, 
but uh, I'm going to postulate that we do California Games. Yes, Cow Games, which I do have Good. on the Sega Mega Drive. Good. I also have it on the Sega Mega Drive. Now, let's now just should we make we... this interesting? Go on, tell me. Let's get competitive with this. So, right. what is there? Five events. So, start, you've got skating. Skateboarding uh, then on the half pipe. Then you've got... Uh, then it goes to surfing. Uh, quad boots. Uh, skates. There's yeah, BMX. Skating. And there's hacky sack. I don't think they're in that order. I don't think hacky sack is... Hacky sack might be third, possibly. So there's five, because you don't events. get Frisbee on the Mega Drive. No. Uh, yeah, that was on... What was that on? Master Commodore, System, Amiga. and maybe the Amiga, possibly other formats. But So you're saying we uh, we compete in these events and we post our high scores? Yes. All right. Yes. You know, so we have a week to do it, basically. So what's your best score on each one? Yeah, at the end of the week. Um, I remember roller skating is a nightmare. That's I don't my favourite event. Fit- it's Over my favourite to uh, look at. It's great, but I don't think I've ever actually gotten to the end of it. Have oh, you? I, I regularly finish that course, yeah. Ball crap, yeah, yeah. chief. I'll, I'll take a video. You don't regularly finish, yeah. do you? Yeah. All right, this is going to get interesting. What else are you good at on there, then? All of them, surfing. On, on a surf, can you do... I like to start, and I do a 360 and go, you know, straight off oh, yeah, the drop. Oh, yeah, standard, standard. Yeah, yeah. I'll Man, be you're, amazed. You're jive-talking. You're I'll jive-talking. Be amazed. I'll be amazed if you beat me on this. Or on any event. Correct. Jeez, dude. I can't imagine you're great at the halfpipe. Dude, I go off the screen in halfpipe. Yeah. I go off the actual screen. <laughs> All right, we'll see what happens. What about BMXing? I regularly get to the end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. you got me rattled. Uh, as they'd say on Chiefs World, challenge accepted. <laughs> um, All right, if I beat you, you've got to send me a Sega Saturn. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm doing that anyway. But um, Listen, <laughs> I really, really want to talk about Beverly Hills Cop 2. Ray, let's close this place up so you can buy me a calzone. Gentlemen, which of you is the leader of your gang? All I have to say is that no one really cares. This movie sucks. This movie sucks. Chief and Ben are on a movie-watching mission. But has nostalgic love clouded their vision? They're picking a franchise where the first one was a winner. But the sequel's maligned and considered a stinker. Listen as they talk to see if it's great. Join them for the journey as they set the world straight. Set the world straight, straight, straight. All of you eat the floor! Now! Axel Foley is back. Who is he? I'd say he's a cop. (laughs) This is a Detroit badge. What the hell are you doing in Beverly Hills? I'm going deep, deep, deep. Undercover. Back where he doesn't belong. Excuse me, we're the owners of this house. They're in Hawaii for a week while the construction's happening. <laughs> Eddie Murphy, Beverly Hills Cop 2. The Heat's back on. This has come as a surprise to me and to you because growing up, I just thought one and two yeah. effectively couldn't choose between them. Like, Both correct. equally great. I think I but... leaned more towards two than one. Actually, in my younger days, yeah, I think you're right. But now, I think I, I right. think I think then the middle period, I was more a one man. But uh, I gave this five stars on the letterbox. You also gave it five, I think. Four and a half. You gave it four and a half. Yeah, I toyed with the four and a half. I'm still a little bit unsure, but I did give it five in the end. But um, why this came as a surprise to you I'll, I'll give you the numbers Rotten Tomatoes Beverly Hills Cop 1984 82 from critics 82 from audience everyone is on the same page Beverly yeah. Hills Cop 2 three years later 1987 
43 from critics, 57 from Joe Public. Um, that is shocking. I've actually got a critic review here from uh, Roger Ebert from the Chicago Sun-Times. Is it that douche from the Chicago Sun-Times? Again, yeah. What is comedy? That's a pretty basic question, I know. But cop two, never thought to ask it. Right, is this Chief. guy pulling my chain? I'm going to no, write but... this guy a letter. Old school, Chief. pen and paper. Okay, so every time we do a film now, from now on, I only want that... That dude's opinion. Okay, right. So he's yeah, the he guy might. we go to. He's the benchmark. And we're going to try and get him on the show. Yep, yep. Now, is he still with us? Is this guy alive? Well, that's uh, listeners, if you want to help us out. What you're reading, where's it from? Like When's it from? It. That's from uh, Janu- January 1, 2000, or 2000. He just puts it on in the year 2000. Yeah. I've got another one here. <laughs> I've got another one here from Jonathan R. Perry from the Tyler Morning Telegraph in Texas. This uh, ultra-slick... Laugh, that rag. Laughless sequel suffers from Axel Foley's personality overhaul in a complete into a complete jerk. One out of five. Laughless. I'm sorry. Laugh. I'm Is sorry, this guy but... literally watching a different movie? <laughs> Before we dig into it, lastly, I'm going to give you some numbers here. Beverly Hills Cop 1 did US $234,316,000,000 worldwide box office. That's a um, hit. Cop, that's a massive hit for, for kind of an untra- untested kind of formula, the, the, the comedy cop kind of thing. I don't think there was many of those movies out there. 234 million US was good. The sequel, 153 million. Flop in the US. And, but did 299 worldwide, so it did similar figures worldwide. It's not a flop though, is it, Well, Chief? compared to the first... Because the budget would have been like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an, down. It's an 80 million drop-off from the first in the US domestic market. We'll do, there should we'll, be there should be an upswing because it's yeah. got a big name director. Yeah. It's got Tony Scott, yeah. who is coming Fresh off, off of, of Top Gun. Was it? Mm, what year was Beverly Hills Cop Two, Chief? Eighty-seven. I want to say Top Gun was eighty-six. I do want to quiz you on the top ten movies of the year eighty-seven, but we'll do that at the end because we, we need to dig into this movie right now. And Chief, f- just quickly, do you think that um, sequels were way more frowned upon back in the day as sort of cash-ins and they're just yeah, were, were, were frowned upon anyway. Uh, you, you could be right. There seems to be a, I think a, a so. glut or a plethora of them, you know, over the last twenty years, as opposed to in that kind of eight, early eighties, mid eighties period. But you could be right. Yeah. Um, the first thing I want to say is it's, it's got a fantastic opening. It, it starts you straight in with that uh, the jewel heist. Freeze! Everybody freeze! Nobody move! You mm, so Good you're heist. In, um, Brigitte Nielsen, very striking in all white. It's a slick opening. Then, good score as well. Good score. Then we cut to Foley, and it's definitely... This guy's onto something a little bit, because it's definitely a different Foley. He's suited. Um, he's got well, a, yeah, because he's undercover, man. He's got a sharp uh, tie. Uh, he's he's getting mirror, ready, isn't he? He's in the mirror, getting changed. And he does the, uh, the, the rocks people's eyebrow, you know, 10 years mm. before The Rock developed it, because he's looking at himself in the mirror, and he raises that eyebrow and then does that uh, Eddie Murphy stand-up laugh. And uh, twirls the gun around. Then he goes down to the garage. He gets in a goddamn Ferrari. Gets in a Ferrari. This is a different Eddie Murphy, a different Axel Foley. But like you say, he is undercover. Yeah. But yeah. And we go. Yeah. yeah and where uh, does he go straight to the credit card bust? Uh, no. Yeah, this. No, this. Well, that's where he's ordering. He wants two thousand credit cards tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, it. He says, I, got, "I said I got a bag of money." Filled to the brim. Yeah, filled to the brim. But some, we're going to talk about some of our favourite scenes. We won't spoil them by trying to imitate the scenes. I'm sure. Yeah, you're me and to... Chief, we have come up with our five all-time fave Beverly Hills Cop 2 Foley 
scenes. Yeah, I think we can agree our first favourite one is Lieutenant Bogomil uh, from Beverly Hills, from the Beverly Hills Police Department, is calling Axel, and Axel picks up the phone and does his, Hello there, you has reached the home of George Kingfish Stevens. Hello there, you has reached the home of George Kingfish Stevens. I'm sorry I'm not in now, but I done gone down to the large hall, but if you like, you can leave a message at the tone and I'll get back to you at my earliest inconvenience. What I love about that scene, when I was watching it, uh, their conversation, I was like, these guys wouldn't be mates. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, because no. Axe was just giving him laugh bombs and he's yeah. sort of just like laughing there. I was like, oh my God. I was like, I don't know if these two guys would be hanging out. Yeah. I am. Um, I audio, anyway. I, I self audio recorded myself doing that uh, dialogue uh, for my Nokia phone back in like the early 90s. And that was my voicemail for about four years. So That's a solid voicemail, yeah, man. Yeah. And uh, I will mention this now. And I mentioned this off air to you. What's I, that, Chief? The first 25 minutes or the first half an hour do feel a little bit like they are Eddie Murphy. Not you of, and your goddamn skits again, is it? Stand up slash Saturday <sighs> Night Live skits kind of supplanted into the movie. I'm not saying that's a bad thing because. Don't forget, he all, is the vehicle for the film. Yeah, they're all, they're all funny, but it's almost like they've been just plugged in so he can do a bit of shtick. And again, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but just it, it's more evident now when you said to me, what's your favourite five scenes? And I, when I rewatched it, I definitely came to mind. Because, For me, they, it's because, the same tropes as the first film. The scenes yeah, possibly, almost mirror themselves. Possibly, but they felt, I think the difference is they felt more spread out in the first movie, whereas this just feels front-loaded. Then you get 40 minutes of kind of gags, but not scenes. And then you get a couple at the end. But Tony um, Scott probably did say, look, mate let's turn you up to 11 for this because yeah, you yeah. know you're the man uh next one is where he's then gone to meet his contact to get these credit cards and lo and behold it's the guy who he was trying to sell Cigarette cigarettes guys. to from the first movie hey man take off your glasses i thought that was you man you almost got busted i did get busted i lost my whole investment because of you Vinny, what the hell is wrong with you man you know i'm a businessman i got to work what? you come inside here half hour late and on top of all that you're gonna bring the goddamn cops with you too i have the money and i do want to do business but with you i ain't doing nothing in front of this dude because this dude is a cop i know when i can smell a pig inside the room i used to be a muslim man and i know that's park over here and then yes park it's definitely park i ain't doing shit around this dude man you want to do business you know where to find me great uh, before we I jump to it. the next scene, the soundtrack on this is quality. Yeah, man, I've been running to it. Yeah. I've been jogging yeah. to not just the score, but the actual yeah. tunes. One of my favourite ones is when he goes when he's on the drive to Beverly Hills uh, in, his, yes. in his open-top convertible. Yeah. Um, another good one is where... He says he's going to go to Beverly Hills and he's not supposed to. Inspector Todd's told him not to. So he wants Jeffrey, which is actually Paul Reiser, who uh, was in, obviously, Burke from Aliens. So we've got links all over the place here. And he tells him to kind of drive his Ferrari and pretend to be Axel Foley around Detroit. But scooch down. what he tells him to is, scooch you down in the car. Scooch down. Scooch, scooch. And that is a funny scene as well. I, I'd love a, a spin-off show with Murphy and him hanging out, man. Oh, that'd yeah, be great. Cops. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. I bet our listeners shuddered when we uh, mentioned aliens again. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing they want us to do is talk about aliens yeah. after last week. That's it, that's it. Um, I'm actually going to watch Alien v Predator 2 coming up. Oh, so we'll discuss that next week. Jesus wept. Yeah, Requiem, I think it's called. Anyway. 
Um, okay. There's a good scene where he goes in to see Inspector Dodd to get some flash money. $2,000 for a suit, $200 for a tie, a requisition order for a Ferrari. I don't want to see any more of these blue slips. We're not going to see some arrest slips. I know that you're getting upset, and I know that you have reason to be upset, but let me tell you something, Chief. I am close. I'm so close now. I'm closer than I've been, and it's, it's making me crazy because I can smell it. It's in the air, and I smell it. It's, I sm Do you smell it? Because I smell it. All I smell is your bullshit. He needs flash money because he needs to be seen yeah. with wads of cash yeah, for his for his deep. And he's been on. Doesn't he mention how long he's been undercover yeah. for? And it's something insane. Yeah, yeah Inspector Todd's great, yeah. man. Um, then we get one of my all-time favourite scenes, which is he's pulled up in Beverly Hills. He's obviously looking for somewhere to stay, and he sees a house which is under construction. And he pulls up and he pretends to be the Beverly Hills building investigator. And hey, uh, here we go. Let's play it. Let's play it yeah, now. Let's play, play the it. Clip. Play the clip. Everybody, stop what you're doing, please. Stop it. Stop what you're doing. I'm Axel Foley, Beverly Hills building inspector. Everybody, stop what you're doing. I'd like to speak with you, foreman, please. Everyone, stop. You put the bucket down. Put the bucket down. Somebody give me the foreman. I'd like to see the foreman. Can you I give me the, the foreman, foreman here. You're the foreman? Yeah. Well, I need to see the plans then for this house because you're making a very big mistake. Get the plans for me, please. Who are stop you? Stop working. I'm Axel Foley, the Beverly Hills building investigator. Didn't they tell you I was coming? No. They didn't? No. But give me the goddamn yeah. plans. Okay, let me tell you my favorite <laughs> thing about that scene is when he makes all the workers give themselves a round of applause <laughs> yeah, yeah. and they just start looking at each <laughs> other yeah. completely blankly. <laughs> uh, and the guy like throws the the map down yeah, yeah. and what he's done there is though he's deprived those guys of a paycheck probably oh for sure yeah, man yeah yeah for sure but and then he always asks to <laughs> clean it all up clean some of this shit up before you leave <laughs> <laughs> oh man when rosewood and taggart get there they're just like what is yeah. going on he's in the pool yeah get your ass get your in, your this pool. in this pool <laughs> and then he, when taggart he's obviously slips in the pool and he comes he tells him to get changed he comes down the stairs wearing some kind of checked golfing pants <laughs> But he's into he it. Goes, pretty sharp, huh? <laughs> he's so into it. Speaking of Billy, man, he's got a hard on for weapons. He's yeah. gone all Rambo in this film, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he he loves the guns. At the end, he pulls out some um, double pump action shotguns, and he's got a jacket. Yeah. He's got some long trench coat. He's been wanting to wear for a while. He's got good look in this film, man. Yeah, I want an honourable mention Jeez. to the Sidney Bernstein scene. This is yes! the guy. I forget what his name is, but he's. I looked him up on IMDb. He's got 170 movie credits. Uh, most very famous in the states he he voices iago the bird in aladdin um, yes jafar's yep. bird in all the sequels and he they're trying he is uh he's basically foley has pickpocketed maxwell dent who's the bad guy at the playboy mansion at the playboy party so they're going to try and get into sydney bernstein's computer to find out any illicit stuff that uh, maxwell dent is into so they they go to him and they claim that he's got a load of unpaid parking tickets or he has they get billy, billy uses his car computer to look up and he finds he's got some unpaid parking tickets and axel foley goes in and does a scene with uh, sydney bernstein there, which i'm gonna roll the clip yeah, roll i'm the fading clip. it up i'm rolling it oh 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 come right in don't let the fact that my doors closed dissuade you in any way from entering my office sir we're at the beverly hills police department are you mr sydney bernstein yes lucky guess well sir you have 25 unpaid parking tickets we have a warrant for your arrest what 25 what 25 you what? have 25 unpaid parking tickets sir i i, I pay my tickets I pay, I pay all my tickets. Sir, 
Do you own a black Mercedes-Benz license plate number CRL 507? 507? That's my wife's car. That's not my car. That's my... 25 unpaid yeah, property I mean, tickets. It's under my name, but it's my wife's car. No, no, no. Bitch! The tickets have not been paid. That means you're liable. Can you cuff Mr. Bernstein, please? Cuff me! Mr. There are people out there with chainsaws. You're cuffing me. Well, sir, you have 25 unpaid parking tickets, and it's your car, so we have to take you in. Wait a second. I've got an idea. Is there something that I have in this office that I could hand to you and that would make you kind of forget that you're holding those uh, little pink tickets there? What are you trying to say, sir? I Like you'd be holding something in that hand, and this hand you'd forget about. This hand you'd be concentrating on. That hand you'd go, what? What did I have there? I don't even remember. Oh, you mean like if I had um, $200 in this hand? Ouch! Let go of my arm! $200! Ouch! Please! I'm robbing you! That's what I'm doing. Here's one, here's two, they're real crisp. Well, that's that. that guy it. is great, yeah. man. Yeah. I hear a lot of people doing impressions of him. Right. I think he was I a stand-up. I think he's stand-up comedy as well before he went into movies. But um, another thing okay. I want to mention here is... Mention um, it, mate. Lots of cigars in this movie. So Stoogies! That Taggart is smoking a cigar. Dean Stockwell, famously um, Al from Quantum Leap. He has uh, he's Kane. He's also got a cigar. And Adds gravitas. When astute. he goes to, to say to the two guys who are going to do a hit on Foley, that guy's got a cigar because he's asking for a match. And there's another guy at the city deposit that gets robbed. He's got a cigar. Spotted five different people with a cigar in this movie. What are you doing? There's some sort of paid part. Well, instead of cigarettes, it was cigars for this movie for some reason. Oh, Beverly Hills yeah. Gun Club. Another mention where uh, Axel Foley's there as. Um, What's his name? James. He splashes the water in his face. The oh, no, no. Bomb. Yeah, he splashes the water to, to the Metal Explosive Research Company. <gasps> what year is this? 73? Yes, it is a 73. I know. Uh, may I help you? Yes, I'm from Metal Lux, Explosive Research Company. You have a Russell, Russell Fielding working here? Yes. He ordered these plutonium nitrate, multi explosive sound seeking projectiles. Here they go. Have a nice day. After he's done that, and he's in, he's in the gun club trying to find Russ Fielding. There's all these guys doing shooting with these kind of laser-pointed guns, and then he just pulls out his shooter and shoots holes in the screen, <laughs> and then just kind of looks at the people around him, kind of waving his, hand, waving his hands, kind of going, "Huh, huh." That's one of my favourites. <laughs> um, oh crikey! Yeah, yeah. Chumps not like Beverly Hills Cop 2 for. So the reason why I was going to give it four and a half was because I'm not overly keen on the, I put here on my notepad uh, in inverted commas, police work. When he goes to Boga Mills and he sees clay on his sneakers and he goes out to his front garden and just picks up some dirt and he's kind of holding it trying to almost... He's a detective, or, man. It's, it's clearly not the same dirt. And then he's with... Rosewood's place. He's getting the fingerprint off of the matchbook with some super glue in a in the yeah, but do, oh, turtle no, tank. And then when he's, he's talented, then though. when he's following the tracks of the truck and he's doing the 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 chewing gum wrapper to break the seal on the magnetic stuff. I'm not all. I'm not over that. Are you not into that? No, I am because I think that. you need you need to know that he's funny, but he's also a damn good detective, chief. Yeah, yeah. They get the job done. Otherwise, he's just some goon wisecracking. Yeah, and I was—I thought the plot of the bad guy was a bit flimsy. Why not just rob his racetrack in the first place? All these elaborate alphabet killer stuff. 
just so he could frame someone else felt a little bit flimsy. But um, I get look, I gave it five stars in the end. So you know, there <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> you know, um, she. I mean, yeah, the listenership are baffled by your stars. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, so this critiquing, this, you're just critiquing the hell of a five-star movie. This is, this is, this is, yeah, this is the biggest perplexing one for me that we've done so far for this 43 critic, 57 audience. This is the one that I. Yeah, don't that understand. was a sh- that was a shock. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get the third. So but... I've got the top ten movies of 1987. Uh, okay. Do, what do you want to do? So Beverly Hills Cop 2 is in this list. Do you want to tell? Do you want me to tell you where it is to start with and go from there? You could do. Uh, number, well, I guess it's not going to be very high. Uh, number one. Really? Yeah, it was the number one grossing movie of 1987. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, so I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll tell you numbers ten to six, and I'll give you clues for the the rest of the top five. So at number ten was Predator. Uh, number nine was The Witches of Eastwick. Mm. Number eight was Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Number seven was Stakeout. Good film, uh, dude. Dreyf- Maybe we Dreyf- should Dreyf- look at another stakeout. Maybe we should. Uh, number six was The Secret of My Success, Michael J. Fox. I've never seen never that. Heard of that. And number five was The Untouchables. Good oh, film. Oh, shit, I was going to give you clues for numbers uh, five, to f- five to two. <laughs> You've blown it, mate. Oh, You'd be an awful quiz blown like that, host. Blown that segment. All right, so I'm giving you, we know what number one is Beverly Hills got two, so I'm giving you clues <laughs> for four to three. <laughs> so, uh, number four. This was... From Walt Disney live action. It's a comedy. Live action? Disney? Yep. And 80s? Yep. This was... We watched this a lot. Uh, it had a sequel. Uh, famously, it's got three leading actors in it and was supposedly haunted and Gav was obsessed. And I think you were as well with the supposed ghost that appears in this movie. Oh, man. You've just given me the chills, my friend. Yeah. Three Men and a Baby. Now, can we just talk about that just quickly? Of course, yeah, of course. It's off show. <sighs> so, where do you stand on that? Because that still freaks me out. Now, Gav went to see some family in, like, Scotland or something. Okay. And they and they ran a, a video shot. They rented it. And that's where he found out. And he came back, told me, and I was convinced. I was like, what is that? And the story is that some kid blew their brains out with a shot. It was dad's shotgun. Yeah. I mean, it's since been defunct, and it's just a cardboard cutout. But <laughs> supposedly, anytime... supposedly, there was a still of a girl's image in the background no, of a... one of these scenes, wasn't it? It's a boy's image. Oh, I know. Boy's I could go to it right now in the film. I know exactly where it is. It used to freak me out, yeah. Chief. I, 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 that was a good urban legend. That yeah, was. We watched that film a lot, but I, I to this day, I cannot tell you if it's good or not. That movie is it good? Uh, I think it was. Okay. Uh, it's probably a three-star right. film. Uh, moving on. Number three. This is from uh, Orion, and it's a drama. They've listed it as a drama, but it's kind of an action drama. Great movie. War movie. One of a... I think it was a trilogy, although each none of them... Over- platoon. Yes, Platoon, yeah. Yeah, what is it? That is Nam trilogy, like this Born from July. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the third one is. Um... Yeah, you're right, though. Platoon uh, is so good. That's a five-star film. Well, I'm looking it up now. Who was it? It was Oliver Stone, yeah? Yeah, when he used to make really edgy, amazing films. He lost his edge, Chief. Oliver That's Stone. That's what happens when you get old. No, I'm trilogy. Have you lost your edge yet? Uh, did I have an edge to begin with? Not sure. Here we go. Uh, Blunt. <laughs> Stone's Vietnam War trilogy. Platoon, Born on the Fourth of July, and Heaven and Earth. Yeah, that Heaven and Earth one. I never saw that one. Oh, it. it's the it's the it's from the sort of uh, Vietnam. Vietnamese perspective, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Vietnamese think. woman struggles, 
hustling on the streets where she comes face to face with those involved in the conflict around her, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, that's a hard sell for an eight-year-old that's just watched Platoon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the number two movie, uh, it's from Paramount. It's a thriller suspense movie. It's got our man from Jewel in the Nile. Uh, oh, yeah, Fatal Attraction. Yeah, I've never seen it. Bunny Boiler. Bunny Boiler. And then I Beverly love Douglas. Too, Douglas is great. Uh, listen, man, got... we've been. Yeah. Tweet... By the way, I think when you said a flop is, it just didn't perform as well as the original because no. yeah. it probably it's you know 150 is big bucks, man. Yeah. And that, so that first one maybe was kind of an unexpected success. Listen, man, we're 45 minutes plus in, and I am absolutely dying of thirst here. So uh, it's time for some cola chaos. Cola chaos. Uh. Oh man, I haven't got a cola again. Again, Again, what you got, Chief? uh, Break it out. And this is uh, more just just so we're all on the same page because I'm writing the copy for the episode, which is about two weeks old, and I completely forget what I'm writing. Most of the time, uh, the copy is incorrect. I think on last... Two weeks ago... You never make it as an editor Two weeks ago, I said Fever Tree was the cola, but it wasn't. It was Gunna, uh, Cola Ginger, and I'm all over the place. (laughs) But anyway, uh, I had a... Another one of these Coca-Cola mixers, the small little 150 mil bottles. And I had the, last week I had the smoky one, I think. And this smoky week Joe. I had the herbal one. And I, l- I left that at work. So oh. on the way home, about an hour ago, I popped into a local convenience store. It's kind of like one of them world food stores. There was a rush on for bog roll. A rush on, uh, sold out. But these boys had some colas. And they've got this thing here. Uh, I've got a Coca-Cola but it's an orange vanilla cola. And this is a US can, so it's 355 mils, 12 fluid ounces. So USA, when are you gonna get on the on the goddamn metrics, USA? Get off your Imperials, get on metrics for measuring stuff. But anyway, it means there I've you go, Chief said it. Means I've got 25 more mils for this can. Uh, 69p, got to the counter with a bluey in my hand, which is a five pound note for those who don't know. And a deep sea diver. A deep sea diver. And the guy said, sorry, I've got no change. And I was like, all right, well, that's not my problem. But, you know, it's a fiver. You know, give me some... Christ, it's not like you've given him a nifty. Give me, give me, something, give me, give me something back. Him- and he's like, no, I can't sell it to you. What? Well, you're refusing a sale. I was like... Holy I was like, smoke. I was like, all right, I put it on card. He goes, three pound minimum. I was like, are you kidding me? There's a big... You kidding me, a big queue. And I was like, what, what, what do you want me to do? He said, I said, I'll go to the other till. He had a till on the other side. I'll go to that one. He goes, oh, she ain't got any change either. I was like, what's the world coming to? And he got, Chief, and in the end, sounds like this guy's got a beef with you. And in the you. end, he said, uh, take it and give me the 69p tomorrow. Ah, oh, nice guy so in the end. did it. That's, that's nice. Dude, I bought a can of Coke from a cafe yep. when Phoenix was at parkour, and she said, that's £2, please. And my face dropped. <laughs> like, just like my dad would have done or something. Yeah. I could, the shock was just on my face. Yeah. Did, I couldn't get rid of my face. Did you, did you pay it? And she looked at me like... Jeez, man! I was like, it's been about twenty years since I bought a can of coke, but they've gone up. Well, no, you. And she started giving me all this spiel about, well, we're an independent cafe. I don't give two dams. I can go to Sainsbury's and, she, and pay. She two... was like, it's not like we're a tuck shop around the corner. Why, why, why isn't she going to Sainsbury's and paying two pound for a four pack, and then she could sell them at two pound each and make, you know, well, and, and, anyway, I'm cracking it open. I'm thirsty. Actually, now that was good, yeah, man. That was good. Uh, this can, not this particular can, but this. Flavour has also been opened uh, in my presence, so to speak, over the airways because on my other show, Lord Vader, on my other show, Talking Joe, uh, where we used to have um, beverage for the show, Chris in the United States 
had this as one of his choices uh, a few months ago. So let's see Get if he's on the level. It's got that Coke taste. I've got the vanilla. You would expect that. But no orange. Yeah, that comes later though. What, like tomorrow? No, just wait. <coughs> Jesus, man. I mean, this segment is disgusting. It's, I mean... Yeah. Fizz bangs. Chief. Fizz. Okay, Chief. Fizz bangs. Chief, what's happening to you? Fizz bangs, you... I'm going... I'm going to have to seven. edit some of that out. Seven. <laughs> seven fizz bangs. Okay, everyone, he's giving it seven fizz bangs. Um, Let's get as that a vanilla coke, not out of oh, this segment. Oh, i tell you what, I'm getting a little bit of orange there, I think. Um, but exactly, it's a delay spray. Yeah, delay spray. Uh, where do we go next on this show? I, I'm all over the place. Um, Anywhere but there. Listen, listen. No, we move on. We were going to have, obviously, our man on the ground for the New York Toy Fair report. Unfortunately, he was unable to do last week. Uh, unfortunately, he's now fully indisposed because our man on the scene was actually the the fantastic Chris McLeod, a.k.a. <coughs> Diagnostic 80, <laughs> a.k.a. Uh, the man on the full force, my co-host on Talking Joe. But this this man is a workaholic and he is snowed under with actual paying gigs. So he was unavailable. But uh, in his place or in the slot space, we are going to talk about X-Men. Previously on X-Men. We will if you stop belching. Sorry, apologies. <laughs> X-Men, Chief. Any way you can sum up 60 years of X-Men in one minute? No, and what the listeners need to understand is we are not going to be summing up the X-Men uh, 60 years history in, in you know 20 minutes or whatever. We're going to talk about our personal experiences and our personal consumption of X-Men media and content kind of across you know several different formats so we'll briefly look at the comics the cartoon the video games and the movies you know and what we've yeah. got out of them so don't be looking for an x-men history lesson here this is I, something i would never come to this podcast for any kind of lesson no no <laughs> now chief x-men yeah it's a, a bloody good ip when did you first discover x-men and in what guise did it take good question um so i was already collecting comics and I was of the opinion that X-Men was potentially too popular. Then eventually I thought, you know, I, I will get involved. And I was like, holy cow, this stuff is good. What have I been missing? So I think I got involved in X-Men comics around the time where the X-Men, Uncanny X-Men was the flagship title. Absolutely, and it, yeah. going, it was on, it was in the... I 200s? Yeah, in the 200s, um, there was a period where a guy called Chris Claremont had written like a 15-year stretch or 12-year stretch of comics. And uh, this young whippersnapper artist called Jim Lee came on board. And then they split off and had a, a second title, Adjectiveless X-Men. It's just called yeah. X-Men. So I had issue one of that because it had loads of different covers, didn't it? It had, it had loads it, of variants. Yeah, it had a gatefold cover. Yeah. And I think famously... So t to give you an example here, I think nowadays to get to number one selling comics you need something around the 120,000 a month or 120,000 sales of an issue to get to number one for the month yeah and then back in the day I think X-Men did something ridiculous like I want to say five million but I'm I don't, oh wow I could be wrong there it might be more but um there is a massive surplus of X-Men issue ones in the in the 
in the bargain know, basement the bin 20, the 25p 50p bins oh really you know the wow. 25 cent bins uh, so yeah massively over ordered but um that's interesting because that sounds like you probably got me on board at the very same time that you got on board yeah because... well i didn't when it when it split off onto that number one i didn't get involved then i got on a bit later around late 20s early 30s issue 30 i remember was the wedding issue of cyclops yep, got and, that cyclops and gene gray and that was issue 30 and that was around when i started kind of picking it up and getting the uncanny and then i went back and i actually went collected back issues i went back to as far as number 244 of uncanny which was the first appearance of jubilee and i've got a complete run from 244 up to 500 and whatever 19 when it split off and then relaunched whatever so i've got you know a good almost 300 issue run of that and then a 225 issue run or 250 issue run of the adjectiveless one but um yeah because when jubilee came in she was she had her own comic generation x and i remember getting issue one of that yes big chrome beast yeah and then i was i was probably actually more into x force and x factor yes yes. um although i did collect uncanny and just plain x-men as well So, how did you get into x-men did i bring oh it around been, it, or were there did you have mates that were collecting comics i i think it would have been a combination of the 90s cartoon which we get onto in a little bit yeah. and you i think it was just from going into comic shops uh wonder world and floppy tongue yeah and also probably those issue ones as well i was like oh i can just get on at the ground on here. Point. yeah yeah Generation X, I didn't collect for very long at all. But it was just the 90s. Yeah, I've still got them all. Okay. The 90s was just crossover crazy for those X comics. Like, it felt like the X Factor and X Force, you had to get them both, otherwise, you wouldn't know what the heck was going on. Yeah, because there was was so much overlap. uh, Intercontinuity stuff going on there. But Uh, would I be right in saying that the 90s was a real big time for the x-men comic really popular well it was a boom period all round because the 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 time that i started collecting in that kind of 92 period that was when the seven highest profile marvel artists headed Mm -hmm. up by jim lee who had done this uh, x-men run he'd split off the uncanny with chris claremont done x-men for like i don't know 12 issues or something and then him and todd mcfarlane who was doing spider-man went on to do spawn um and Mark Silvestri, who was who had done a load of X Men stuff, all these top artists broke away from Marvel, created their own company called Image. Oh yeah, and that was the boom period. And then basically every books, all books were selling across. You know, Image, Marvel. This is when DC had Nightfall, which was Bane breaking his back, and had Death of Superman. So that nineties period was just. Yeah. A wild time to be in the comics biz, yeah. Now, I know this wasn't a 90s storyline. From the cartoon, I I sort of got interested in the Phoenix Saga and the Dark Phoenix Saga. I've never read it. I did try, but I actually found it a bit heavy, very wordy. I was like, geez, this is so different from the 90s stuff. And I, I didn't get through it. There's this amazing YouTuber called Comic Book Girl 19 that has this sort of documentary series, like okay. oral history of yeah. the Dark Phoenix, and it's really cool. So right. I def- okay. definitely recommend the listeners checking that out. Well, there's there's also a, and we'll come on to it again, like when, like you said with the cartoons, we'll come on to it when we talk about movies, but there was a, I think it was only two issues, a two-issue arc by Chris Claremont, um, who wrote the Dark Phoenix, uh, called Days of Future Past. Yeah. And that then kind of got adapted into a movie, which we'll talk about later. But it certainly um, did. Again, well, I haven't even read that, and those, those two are considered kind of classics. But for me, like you said, a bit verbose, a bit wordy for my 
for my own personal tastes. Yeah, there was something about those 90s ones. They were just so colourful and bold and fun. And I I think I was at a real sweet spot being a teenager. There's something about the X-Men comics that resonates, I think, with young people. So I actually really want to get Phoenix to start reading x-men comics because okay. i think they're really cool what was the last x-men comic you reckon you read then probably not back until the 90s uh no i actually read one a couple of months ago because i right. bought uh, i hopped on on some you know new issue oh, one relaunch. thing it was just called x-men i don't think it had any yeah it, it just wasn't great i don't know it was way too highbrow i was like this isn't okay. fun that's the way it's kind of going now this like high concept you yeah know. it was so serious and i know that obviously the x-men has serious themes but uh i just didn't like the look of or maybe i just didn't like the art did you not try it you're Uh, so so you don't read x-men anymore i don't read x-men i think it was i think i said uncanny 519 i think i went actually went up to issue 544 but then what they did is they relaunched with new number ones yeah uh, uncanny carried on i think and then they had a new book called wolverine and the x-men uh that that was okay and i kind of dibbed in and dib uh, in and out and then a guy called brian michael bendis who's currently writing superman books for dc uh he jumped on board he was a long time daredevil writer and i didn't really like his style and when he came on I was, that was kind of the jumping off point for me and i haven't really gone back to it since <laughs> So, just switching to the cartoon. So, the cartoon came out in 92, ran for about five seasons, had just over 70 episodes. That did not hit you at all. No, I can... Whatsoever. I can can maybe recall watching one or two episodes, but for some reason, no. Because I'd imagine that did a lot for the comics in terms of getting people onto them. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. I I thought it was amazing. That resonates massively with me. I tell you, I tell you my schedule with it. Saturday mornings, I get up, uh, 7:30 a.m. I'd watch New Adventures of Superman on on BBC One, and they were showing reruns of that. And then after that, a show called Live and Kicking would start. Yep. And that was like uh, no, that was going live. Oh yeah. That was before that. That's a deep cut. Right. This was like. Jamie Theakston and Zoe Ball, I think, at Got one it. point. Okay, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so it was a three-hour fun-packed show, and on that show they would have the X-Men. Yeah, um, but you never knew kind of what time slot. It'd be around the same time, but it, it might would be, be around. A... I think it would actually be around towards the end of the show. It'd be around okay. about ten o'clock. Right. There were some kids like if you were if you were rich and you had Sky, I think yeah. people were watching it way before that. Oh. But anyway, it was a serious cartoon. It had proper arcs that sort of spanned six episodes i'd never seen anything like it i was right. so used to watching stuff that you could just come in at any point one I mean, and I'm, done I'm, I'm fairly naive to this was there a good cast of characters was it the same kind of core ones you'd get in the comic or were they going you know some b-side characters and kind of no really... dude uh, they they touched on everything they had yeah. all the characters they pretty much did all of the stories that we just mentioned all right pretty much everything really and and when they did those stories they'd last for like five episodes they're amazing Right. His name is Bishop Gambit. He claims to be a time traveler from the future. Yes, and I'm the Queen of France. That's the best kind of lie. One can't nobody prove. You're the liar, traitor. To be honest with you, I'd be well up for watching that again. 
Yeah. I mean, it's got. You must know the soundtrack. Surely yeah. you know the song. The song. It's pretty banging. Yeah. Yeah, it's wicked. Yeah. Before we go into the films, I want to segue a little bit because there was another bit of content and media that we did consume a little bit of gaming before the movies. Yeah, gaming. Mate, my first X-Men experience, video game-wise, was Sega Mega Drive. Ah. They had a game... I'm looking it up right now. Go on. You do it, do it. And I think you can only play as four characters. Cyclops, Wolverine, Gambit, sort of before he was awesome, and maybe Storm. It was a really good game. Really good. And then... Here we go. I think it's Nightcrawler, Gambit, Wolverine, Cyclops. Right, okay. Now, what? give me a year on that. 93. Wow. Anyway... I really like that. But I also played a lot of... It was just like the Simpsons and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Ah, same four cabinet. Four-way play. Pretty much the same cabinet. I'd always played that before I went to see a film at the cinema. They always had that. <laughs> out, of, out of interest, if you could take one of those three... Do you actually even like those games? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which would you take? That's tough. I, I'm going to throw a fourth in the mix. I was always a big fan of that. Uh, has to be the same it, cabinet. They had it, well, I don't think it was the same cabinet. They had it in Pool Arcade and it was the four-player WrestleMania Gauntlet. one. Oh, yeah, that yeah, that did the rounds in the cinemas uh, too. Gauntlet, yeah, Gauntlet was good. But of the other ones you mentioned, X-Men, Turtles and Simpsons, that's tough, man. I don't think I played enough of the X-Men. I do remember playing it. I think I played more Turtles than anything else. So I'll probably yeah. Turtles. They just done a redux of that Turtles one. It's great. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other game that we played was, I think it was on the Saturn. X-Men. Children of the Atom. That's it, yeah. So that's a Street Fighter 2 style beat em up. But it was, you know, it was on the Saturn. It was juiced up. Yes. It was wicked. Yeah. Used to sort of fall through different levels. Now you came over yep. one day. I feel like we hadn't hung out for a while, but we just played that all day. And <laughs> we couldn't get past Magneto. Couldn't he get was, past the end boss. He, he was the end game villain, was he? We just deemed him impossible. I, th- I actually think you took one round off him. Oh, yeah. I, d- I, I think you took one yeah, round. I think I did. And that was like, holy moly, it. holy moly, we can do it. And then no. And the then... only way we could beat him, we were hacking, well, not hacking it, but it was Iceman. And it was, you had to hit all top three buttons at the same time. And he'd right. launch a big ball Got it. on him. Oh, yeah, Ice yeah the ball. big snowball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at the villains here. Uh, Omega Red. Yeah. Sentinel, Silver Samurai, Spiral, Juggernaut, Magneto. That's it, mate. Yeah. Wow, That's that was it. good. And then I think we touched Optic briefly. Optic Blast. We, we played, yeah, Optic Blast, was quality. We played a little bit of Marvel vs. Capcom, maybe. Where not, you together. Tag, where you not, tag, together, no, not together. Not together. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah, I played it. Yeah, you're right. Probably when I went to uni. But um, you tag in your opponent, uh, your kind of ally, like tag team partner and stuff. Yeah, but, now I never played that. So are you saying okay. you could fight... Ryu versus Cyclops. I can't re- fully remember the characters. In fact, I'm just having a quick look now. But it was definitely a case of you choose. It's two- like Super Smash Brothers, isn't it? But for Capcom. No, it's more Street Fighter. It's like Street Fighter, but with you pick two characters and then you do a button combination, and then your guy will leap off the screen, and your tag team partner will leap on the screen. Oh, so you're saying it wasn't a mashup of different characters then? No, it was. It was called X Men. Oh look, no, look, X Men vs Street Fighter. Oh, that's another one, is it? Yeah, yeah. This is this is. Uh, so you've got Cyclops, Gambit, Juggernaut, Magneto, Rogue, Sabretooth, Storm, Wolverine. Then you've got Akuma, Cami White, Charlie Nash, Chun Li, Dalsim. Yeah. Ken so Master, in that Bison Children of the Atom game that we played, you yeah. could unlock Akuma. Could you? Yeah, and that was quite cool because okay. he was basically a street. He was basically Ryu, wasn't he? Yeah. 
Yeah, but be, that is as far as my gaming went with X-Men. Have they done anything recently? I don't think so. There was something on the GameCube called X-Men Legends, I want to say. And it was kind oh, of yeah? a... I think it was a 3D isometric view where... Mm. Like a mini kind of role play game where you've got a band of four characters and you can level them up and give them abilities and then to kind of like move the mm. cursor, they go there and then they attack people, you know, kind of like a sort of command and conquer style game. Oh, it's like role play, was it? Kind turn of, based. Yeah. yeah. No, not turn based, real time. You like a turn based. You like a Buck Rogers, don't you? Do like a turn based, yeah. Buck Rogers, I found that on the oh. Mega Drive. I've got two versions of it for some reason. Dude, you used, to, you used to love naming your squads. Yeah. Yeah, and they'd all be Star Wars named characters. Always, yeah, like Bounty Hunters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a good game, I think. Yep, I think that was a good game. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, now. Listen, let's talk movies. Since the discovery of their existence, mutants have been regarded with fear, suspicion, often hatred. Drop the knives and put your hands in the air. I can't. Are they the next link in the evolutionary chain? Or simply a new species of humanity fighting for their share of the world? Yeah, you can't talk about X-Men without talking about the films. So I find it easier to talk about the few that I think are very good. Okay. So I like X1, X2 and Days of Future Past. And and that's kind of it. I think Logan's okay. I'm not as jazzed about it as lots of people. I think Days of Future Past was great because it was just felt like you could come in, you didn't really need to know what was going on. So it's I liked a really all the, good I liked, standalone. I liked all the future bits the best. And I think you told me that, oh, you need to watch... I watched it at the cinema, but then you said, oh, you've got to watch this, some sort of cut. Where, the road cut has got more future bits, hasn't it? Yeah, so, the road cut, that's it. It's got more future bits. So, you know, that, that was digging the scene there. That was good. But I think when that first X-Men came out, that Brian Singer one, it's pretty, pretty dark, pretty edgy... I'm interested to see how it holds up. I think it would hold up quite well. Yes, yeah. The only thing with it is it's not quite X-Men-y enough in terms of they're all just in like black leather and yeah. I would probably actually really enjoy now that they're back under the MCU banner like yep. if the MCU did them and they just made them look like, just like they do like okay. Cyclops is like blue and now, yellow. I think what they've done there is a guy called Grant Morrison in it was around the it might have been 99 2000 around the time when the film came out uh, he had come yeah. on as writer and he was kind of considered a bit of an edgy he was writing for vertigo which was an offshoot of dc he was writing kind of mature label stuff and he was a bit weird you know took a lot of drugs and you know his stuff was very kind of existential and he came on to right. the, he'd, he'd done a big run on dc's jla mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorite runs of all time it's really good he kind of reinvented a lot of the characters kind of thing um put them in these high concept stories but then he jumped ship from dc went to marvel went on the x-men and it got called new x-men it was still got the same numbering but they just put a new in front of it and he revamped all the x-men and he put them in these black jumpsuits ah so i see that's where that movie comes from it comes from the comic well at the time there hadn't been many superhero films and they probably just thought look yeah we can't have them good casting though i thought the cast you know even the secondary characters were all you know looked good and, and fit the bill i think the best thing about those films is ian mckellen and patrick stewart yeah doesn't it ever wake you in the middle of the night the feeling that someday they will pass that foolish law or one just like it come for you and your children I feel a great swell of pity for the poor soul who comes to that school looking for trouble 
they are incredible as those characters and how do you feel about when it all got sort of revamped in first class i thought it was okay i think i'd probably give it somewhere in the region of maybe three out of five if i were to watch it again possibly even two and a half um i i guess you can't have days of future past i know it's set in the 60s but it just looked a bit odd to me i guess you can't get days of future past maybe without that yeah, I suppose yeah, it sort of sets things up because Days of Future Past is a lot better than that first one, isn't it? Like it's a, such yeah, a better yeah, film, massively better. And then, <laughs> of course, you get Apocalypse, which I saw at the cinema. Oh, it's horrendous! And I think man. it's I think it's one of the worst movies I've seen. I think, but I am now tempted to go back and give it another go just to confirm that. But do you know what Days of Future Past are overperformed? I think really it was huge. I mean, X Men films have always sort of bubbled they've never gone mcu big no. you know that's what that's obviously what they want but, but i mean um, what was give me some timelines here when was like for example days of future past had that was the mcu out at that point uh, yeah okay i think so yeah for sure what i'm saying is i think they got so excited by that they even put a credit sting in it and they were like right we've got to get another one out in two years okay so they rushed Apocalypse, and then, to be honest with you, I can't believe they commissioned another one, no. the Phoenix one. Yes I, yes, I wasn't expecting that. I mean, that that's less of an X Men movie, really, and more of just a a Jean Grey movie. But you know, obviously, still under the banner of X Men. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of bad ones. Last Stand is is rubbish. Uh, I didn't, you know, the Wolverine oh, yeah, spin off is bad. The set then there's the second, the Wolverine, which aesthetically looked a bit better but still not great deadpool films i guess are x-men films technically yes yeah yeah although i think i'm just i'm done with those i did enjoy them when i saw them at the cinema and i thought oh these seem so rewatchable. but once you're sort of over the shtick of it i don't know yeah they're not as dead, that, dead, i don't think they're as rewatchable as i first thought deadpool suffered from massive oversaturation in the comics you know massively probably the most oversaturated he's, he's like an equivalent now is a kind of Harley Quinn for DC. She is on everything. She's all over everything DC. And well, they just think it sells, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As long as it keeps selling, you're going to keep. Pumping Interesting. Out. What are they going to do with Deadpool now that he's under the MCU banner, or, or if they're going to make, you know, R-rated Deadpool films still? Because what is that? Is that a thing now that X Men movies are now going to be integrated? If they keep making them, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I think they're going to leave everything for a bit. They're probably going to focus on integrating the Fantastic Four first, right? I don't know. There's so they've only... got have Disney fully got everything now. Yeah, fully okay. everything apart from Spider Man. They haven't, you know, one hundred percent got. Right. But I think there's there's, there... a, there's only so long a massive IP like Wolverine is. You know, they're going to have to do something. Yeah. He's 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 a big character. So and not not to not to jump on too much of a tangent, but um, obviously Sony made that movie Venom. So, oh, yeah. have they got another movie in the works or not? Along yeah, because Venom made a load of money, didn't it? Oh, what, Venom 2? Yeah, Venom 2. Oh, right, with Carnage, I guess. Carnage. Um, Woody Harrelson. Yeah, but that doesn't have anything to do with the MC. That is separate. No. Right, okay, but Spider-Man, could Spider-Man appear in that or not? He could. I don't think he's going to. Okay. I don't think he's going to. Tom Holland. But Spider-Man can appear in any MCU movie. Yes, I don't know how many movies they've signed. Probably, they, I don't know, you can appear in like maybe two more. I don't know, they keep right. just readjusting the deal. Got it. I know you're not big on the um, 
MCU, but I, I have to say I am a, I am a big fan. Although, funny enough, I do feel like it's sort of over for me now with Avengers Endgame or Infinity War. What, because those characters just, you've come, come to kind of know well, and love are gone? I don't know how interested I am going forward without Cap and Stark. It's going to be tough. I don't know. Are they They're both, out? Of, are they both out of the equation then? They're gone, man. Right, okay. They're gone. Right. Yeah. But anyway, this is about X-Men. Yes. Um, I have to say, talking about X-Men has got me... I think I'd like to consume some more X-Men comics again, yeah. try. Um, I might go back and revisit some of the films. Yeah, all right. I'll hit um, you up with some uh, good X Men storylines to uh, seek out. Yeah, it, it's it's like I'm tempted to to dip back into the cartoon, but sometimes with cartoons you've got to be careful because yeah, they don't hold up. They they load up and it's like it's in four three. The animation's not great. It's like oh okay, yeah, yeah. Maybe I needed it to be ten. Understood, understood. Um, but you, yeah. I think you should definitely get Phoenix uh, involved in some X-Men comic action. When Phoenix was born, I sort of started going around and sort of anything that, any sort of iconography that had Phoenix in it, yes. I was like framing and printing. And then his first room was in the loft and he had stairs going up there and I put them all up on the wall. And I got a couple of X-Men comics, like famous covers, all right, yeah, yeah. where they had like big font that said Phoenix. Nice. And we we framed them so... Yeah, he's he's aware of good, the X Men. Um, <laughs> speaking of our kids, I tell you what we did. We put questions to them, and here's what happened. Hello. What is your favourite fluffy toy? I like Octave, and I got him for Christmas. He's an octopus, and um, he's really big. And I like him because he's sparkly and his tentacles are really long. Llama and Bunny because Mum is colourful and I sleep with my bunny at night time. Hmm, I have a lot to choose from. Can I just look at them for a minute? Uh, okay. It changes all the time though. So it's mammoth right now. Yeah, he's very fluffy. Thank you. There he is, old Snuffle Chops. That's Scout there at the end. Is it serious? Yeah, no, that's Scout. So sound we'll effect, keep actual live. No, that's live, and I, I ask him the question, yes. and that is that is his answer. And okay. He's you know, we're going to be straight from the hip. We're going to be doing this podcast forever. Yeah. So you know, as the we can the weeks roll growing. on, you guys are going to get to hear his first words. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to one of the <laughs> questions, yeah. That that's you, what I mean. Yeah. Eventually, Scout's just going to be answering these questions. Yeah, that's it. And he's going to say, "What the hell's going on, Dad?" Do you know what Phoenix really wants to be a guest on this show? But okay. I was, I was thinking we'd have to, um, yeah, think of a topic to get him on. Yeah, us. let's get him on. We'll quiz him up. Right. Right. What's go. next, Chief? Aren't we done? We're almost done. Yeah. Have we got it's any been a long show? Any shout-outs? I don't think I've got any. Yeah, I've got a goddamn shout-out. There's a dude in Chicago. So my brother lives in Chicago, and he's got a friend. He, he reckons he's a super fan. His name's Guy. Ooh. So we're doing a big shout out to Guy. Big up yourself, Guy. His his favourite segment for yeah. some Let reason. Guess. Let me guess. Go on. Uh, well, 
You've said for some reason. Uh, Battlefront banter. No, it's Cola Chaos. Cola although, Chaos? Or, although after that chaos, I don't know if anyone's going to be a fan. Jeez. That was That's a health warning we should put up with that. That Apologies. was disgusting. Apologies. But he likes it. He likes it. He likes the Cola Chaos for some reason. Hey, he's a big fan. Big okay, fan. Well, uh, so got, thanks for listening, Guy. Yeah, thanks for listening. I've only got two words for you, and that's hacker reported. Um, nice. If you want to be like Guy and get reported as a hacker, you can do that. <laughs> in, in, it's very simple. All you need to do is get in touch with us, and you can do that by going to The Outer Timers. That's O-U-T-T-A Timers, The Outer Timers on Instagram. It's also The Outer Timers on, uh, what's the other social media place? Twitter, that's the one. Or you can hit us up on the Gmail. It's TheOuterTimers at gmail.com. So get in touch. Tell us what you like about the show. Chief, uh, hacker reported t-shirts. They, you know, they you sell what. themselves. When we start that Patreon, mugs. That Patreon, uh, that's going to be one of the uh, rewards. One of the user. One of the um, mugs and t-shirts. Yeah, mugs and t-shirts. Maybe a calendar. But, uh, hacker, hacker reported. reported. Uh, get in touch with us. You know, tell us what, tell us what's going on. Give us your California game scores and your Sega rally times. But, nice, uh, Chief. It's yeah. been a good show. It's been a long show. It's been a long show, and uh, by the time this hits, the world will be a different landscape. Uh, we truly are the out of timers. And we are out of time. See you later, guys. Later.